myself, see Scott, see Beth, and we will get you plugged in. Of course, you'll get reimbursed for anything that you pay for, but we're looking for someone who's willing to be committed to getting desserts every other week for, you know, you know how we do it around here. Let me welcome my buddy, buddy Scott. Good evening. Hey, I'm Scott, grateful believer in Jesus Christ and recovered from sex addiction, compulsive overeating. Hey, I could tell this was a recovery meeting because as I sat over there and I looked over the room, there was this haze that was hanging over the top of you guys. It was awesome. I loved it. I know I'm in the right place uh, from our fog machines, not from you guys smoking. It's from the fog machines. I don't know what you guys are doing, but uh, just grateful to be here. Glad you're here. Um, if you have not started a step study, I think you need to prayerfully consider if one of the step studies open is for you. I think it's huge. As we begin our recovery, there's a thing that we do, and it's the 12th step. And that doesn't mean we wait till we get to the 12th step to actually do it. But there's this idea, and we're going to talk a little bit about it tonight, that we start to serve others. So the Christian Beret Camp is a camp for special needs. These are the handicapped kids. These are the kids that uh, can't fend for themselves. And so they go up to this camp for a week and they hear, and I, they hear about, the, uh, about Jesus Christ. And I, this year I actually have an opportunity to go up there and to teach for one of the weeks, to preach and minister to these uh, people that are, that are handicapped. And so we have an opportunity to go up there and to make the paths walkable, usable by wheelchairs. We have an opportunity to install some toilets so that they don't fall over, so that they, they actually stay upright and because um, they need sturdy stuff because they're not so stable themselves. And so I wouldn't challenge you that if you haven't started giving back, that this would be something you could give back to. That you would show up and be there. Now, don't worry about the details because Beth is gonna be getting in contact with you tomorrow or Thursday and giving you the details of what that looks like um, as far as what time we're gonna meet up there, breakfast, lunch. I know, well, I can't stay the whole time. Okay, well, just do what you can. This is an opportunity for you to give back. This is step 12, taking the eyes off of ourselves and starting to serve other people. Just a great opportunity. And so I encourage you, if you're able, if you can, even on Mother's Day weekend, that you'd go up there and you'd serve, uh, give away your morning to help other people. And so I just wanna challenge you with that. Tonight we're talking about powerless, talking about powerless. And in the past, I've talked about the addiction cycle. I've talked about it starts with our belief system. It starts with uh, the fact that our core beliefs are wrong and we believe basically that we're worthless, that we are, because that we're worthless, that no one will ever love us. And if no one ever loves us, our needs are never gonna get met, so therefore we have to meet our own needs. And that's usually through sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? So that then takes us into impairing our thinking. So when we get rejected from a job, somebody rejects us, someone hurts us, well, of course we deserve that because we're worthless, which then takes us into our addiction pattern, which then that addiction pattern takes us into preoccupation, dwelling upon it, thinking upon it. You know, the times where you can't get the idea out of your head of using? Yeah, you know those times. And that can last for like a week or longer for some of us, right? And we're just trying to white knuckle it through, but we can't stop. 
thinking about it. That takes us in into our rituals, right? For some of us, it's different things. Those that are drug addicts, there's a certain way you do your drugs. Some people shoot up, some people smoke it, some people snort it. I don't know. Alcohol's different. Some people like Coors Light, and other people like the hard stuff. For those that are into pornography, there's different things. So there's different rituals we get to finally get our ultimate high. Then our ultimate high brings forth guilt and shame in our life. Which then brings us back to where you guys are at right now. For many of us that are walking in for the first time. I remember my first days. And that is this. I realized that my life was unmanageable. I'd been running from my addiction for years. I had been trying to handle it on my own for years. I had memorized scripture, I had prayed, and all those things left me coming back with one conclusion, I am worthless, and my life is unmanageable. Everybody in my life I have hurt because of my addiction. Because of my pornography use, I had damaged relationships with my parents, I had a damaged relationship with my brother. I had a damaged relationship with my wife. And if I kept going the same pattern that I was going, I would have damaged relationship with my children. As it was, I left a job in Alaska to come back here. I destroyed a, a great ministry up there to come back here to walk into a room, the ark, where I finally said my life is unmanageable. And that's where we're at today. The big book of AA and how it works says this. It says, rarely, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. It won't work. Why do I keep relapsing? Yeah, but you're still not doing the work. Have you fourth-stepped it? No. Well, no wonder why you keep relapsing. I mean, have you admitted that you're powerless or are you still trying to control everything? No wonder why this stuff keeps happening, right? So won't give themselves over completely to the program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, there are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they are capable to be honest. The key words here is honesty. Honesty, it's an honest program. Our stories disclose in a general way that we, you, what we used to be like, what happened and what we are like now. If you have decided that you, have what, uh, you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. I mean, we're holding on, but we just, we, we let go, but we still got that pinky grasping. Right? We're still holding on with that pinky. Remember that we deal with alcohol. This is from the big book of AA. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. 
half measures avail us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Half measures avail us nothing. I know some of us are in here and we're brand new. And I'm gonna ask that you let the guns stay at the door. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) But that you leave them at the door because you need to have an open mind for what's going on. And I know you may be saying, Scott, you don't know my story. You don't know this. I know I don't know your story, but I know my story. I know the stories of those who have shared it with me and those that have got up here and shared their testimony. And I hear their stories. And I know that there's hope for you if you just choose to let there be. If you let yourself have an open mind that you would be able to hear and understand. Well, Celebrate Recovery says that there's four things that we need to start doing and stop doing. So basically there's two you stop, two you start. That's basically what it comes down to. I'm not sure why they phrased it that way, but they did. So we're gonna go with it. So here's the deal. One thing that we gotta do is we gotta stop denying the pain. The reality is life hurts. Anybody in here never experienced pain? (laughs) We all have experienced pain because it hurts. Some of us at younger ages than others. Some of us, the hurt and pain, it goes deeper than others. Some of us, it's, it's minuscule, but it still brought us in these rooms. Sometimes we hear stories and we're like, that is a horror story. And sometimes we're like, ah, <laughs> beat ya, right? But the reality is we gotta stop denying the pain. We gotta stop saying it doesn't hurt. See, life around us, society around us says stuff it. Society around us says, you gotta be tough. Knock it off. What do you think you're doing, man? You can't show the world and those around you that you're weak. You are a capable man. You are a capable woman. You are a capable person. So don't let everybody else know that you're hurting. And so we stuff it. We stuff it. And then at some point, it's gonna come out the side of our neck and behaviors that are destroying us and destroying those around us. Psalm chapter six, verse two through four says this, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. King David This is a guy that God loved, crying out to God saying, I hurt so bad, please show me mercy. Any of you been in your life where you've hurt so bad that you've cried out to God to get mercy? I have. I remember my wife was here in Modesto and I was living in Alaska. She was back here visiting her parents and I remember sitting on the edge of my bed in the depth of my addiction, crying out to God saying, Help me, help me. The pain was deep. Not only do we have to stop saying or denying the pain, but we gotta stop playing God. Right? (laughs) There we go, I like that. Here's it, we gotta stop playing God. 
Either I'm following God or I'm following my selfish desires. But if I'm serving myself, how can I be following after Christ? I gotta know his will. I gotta stop trying to control others. I gotta stop trying to fix others. The only thing I can do is focus on me and deal with me. Because that's the only thing I can deal with. I can't control my wife. My wife can do whatever she wants. My children, even though I'm their parent, I have no control over them. Now, there's parenting issues that come in and me guiding them, but I can't control them. Especially my son, who's now at Oklahoma uh, University. I got no control over that dude. Gone. He's uh, 1,500 miles away from mom and dad. Hallelujah! Right? And I thought the same thing. I turned 19 and I flew 3,000 miles away to Liberty University. Why? For one reason. It was the furthest Christian school I could get to away from my parents. Get out of their control and their thumb. I would no longer have to come home and breathe in my mom's face to prove that I wasn't drinking alcohol. Hmm. We have to stop playing God. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And that translates to our lives also. That applies to us. If we are spent controlling and guiding and directing everybody else around us, and we are air cra- uh, traffic control, right? Trying to have them land the plane. We can, that doesn't help them at all. What that does is create resentment and bitterness and pain, and you become the police officer, and who has a good relationship with a police officer? Well, there's some. There are good police officers, because I know there's some in this room. But I'm finally at a point of when they're policing you and, they're, and here's the reason why we have bad relationship with police officers. Because we know we've done something wrong. If I wasn't speeding, I wouldn't be freaked out when the dude turns his lights on behind me. Right? <clears throat> Motorcycle cops are awesome. <laughs> One did come by me and turn on his lights recently and I didn't freak out inside. That tells me my resentment is starting to fade. I love it. Two things that we need to start. We need to start admitting that we're powerless. Start admitting our powerlessness. That we have power over nobody else. I'm in a situation right now where I'm told I gotta go deal with the situation and I have to because it's my job. And they say, you gotta go deal with this. I go and deal with it. I come back, I go, here's the result. They go, oh no, you gotta go deal with this again. And I go back and I deal with this thing and I come back and they go, no, you gotta go deal with this again. And I'm like, after four or five times, I'm like, I'm done. Can't I just be done? Can't I just let go? But here's the reality and this is where what robbed my sleep last night and the night before. is I'm powerless over it. And when other people control and try to deal with us and tell us what to do, it robs our peace. But I am powerless over that. And so may I get good rest tonight. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That by God, by Christ, you can realize that you're powerless. 
and you can admit that you are powerless. It's okay. It's okay to say that you are powerless over a situation. Believe it or not, you don't have to be perfect. Although sometimes you feel like you do. Whether it's your own expectation or the expectation of others, sometimes we feel we do. The other thing we gotta start doing is start admitting that our lives had become unmanageable. I already talked about that a little bit, but to realize that the things around us are chaos. If you're just coming into the program or you remember your early days of recovery, go back to remembering what life was like before you surrendered your will and your power over to God and your life over to God. What was life like? My wife was angry at me, lost a job, my boss stabbed me in the back. The elder was like, we should have fired you two years ago. Right? And all these things were just coming up in my life. Lost friendship. I remember a guy was sitting here and we brought him up to Alaska to speak at a camp and I remember him me telling what I struggled with. And at the time, we were, there was conversation about maybe doing a church plant and I was excited and uh, then all of a sudden that, that came up and it was like, we don't talk. This guy struggles in that area. We're done. Life is unmanageable for us sometimes. What was life like for you before you stepped into these rooms of recovery? Psalms 40 verse 12 says this, for evils have uh, encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head. Some of us have more than others. <laughs> and my heart fails me. My heart fails me. Well, those are the things that we need to stop doing and start doing, doing that God would allow us to find that we are powerless. And that's exactly where we're at, powerless. The P in powerless, you're like, you're just now getting to the acronym? And that is a long acronym. I know, we're here till 12 o'clock. It's okay. Um, <laughs> No, just kidding. We'll 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 talk. Um, first one is is P pride. Hmm. Pride, a self uh, inflated ego. Proverbs chapter twenty nine verse twenty three. It's in my notes, so I need it on the screen. Boom! There it is. Over uh, one's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. One's pride will bring him low when we hold on to things and we stand firm and we dig our heels in and we're not willing to let go and to let God, what happens is it will bring us low. Anybody else like that? Anybody else hold on to something so long that realize they, they realize they're holding on to nothing? Grabbing that thing of sand and you're holding on to it as tight as you can and then you open up and there's nothing there. Last night I had this huge horsefly, not last night, it was a couple nights ago, had a huge horsefly in my house, and I thought I grabbed it, and I walked outside, and I went, ha! <laughs> it was like Houdini, man. Houdini, I don't know what happened to it, but it was gone. Ignorance and power and pride equal a deadly, it's a deadly mixture. We gotta be able to deal with our pride, and the only way I know how to deal with this is through humility, that we would humble ourselves. God gives grace to the humble. God helps us that say, hey, you know what? I don't know it all. Hey, I'm not perfect. 
hey, I do mess up. But it's hard to do that when we're trying to control everybody and everything around us because we think we know better. But when we walk into a situation and we say, hey, I don't know, I just know I'm messed up and I'm here. Really helps us. Which takes us to the O, which is only ifs. Playing the only ifs. I was watching a TV show uh, two nights ago. I always watch a TV show when I go to bed. I always turn on the show Monk. You remember Monk? Love that show. And uh, he was talking about uh, this Crenshaw dude and he was like, they were arguing and he was like, Dude, he said that, that him and the doctor always laugh. And I said, um, well, I always laugh too. And, and he goes, no, he laughs, um, he laughs with me. Uh, and, and Monk's like, I should have said, I had the, the clincher here. I should have said, no, he laughs at you. Did you get it? Did you feel the burn? And I just started cracking up. I know I'm trying to sleep during the show, but I couldn't. I just started cracking up. Because how many times have we had conversations with ourselves later on after the initial thing that we go, oh, I should have said this. That really would have got him. <laughs> that would have nailed him. Boom! And then so he goes on, let's drive over to, to his house and I'll tell him there. What? <laughs> so funny. I remember in high school, I remember playing football. I remember the night after the game, getting home after going to uh, pizza, because it was Shakey's Pizza on McHenry. If you're from Modesto, you know where Shakey's is at. Come on, right? So I went to Shakey's, laying down on my bed at night after I'm sore from hitting all night, and I just sit there, and what do I do? I play every single play in my head over and over and over again, going, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have done this. But here's the thing, there's no different result than what actually happened, and so I have to let go. The only ifs we have in our life, only if I didn't get caught, only if I would have stopped sooner, only if I did get caught, right? The only ifs, only if this, only if that. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Luke 12, two through three. Holy cow, there's a lot of my junk that's now gonna be proclaimed and I don't like the idea of that. That freaks me out. I know I share a lot, but dude, there's a lot I haven't shared. The W, Whew. the W is worry, worry. I worry when it's somebody in authority that says, hey, I wanna meet with you. My wife texted me or uh, saw me uh, the other night and was like, hey, it was a couple weeks ago. She goes, hey, I wanna talk to you when you get home. <laughs> what did it do? I still got three hours of ministry. Like, do I need to come home now or do, can we do later or what, what's going on? We went home, had a great conversation. But I freak out, I worry. Going to that principal's office, right? Somebody from the church leadership says, hey, I wanna meet with you. And I'm, what's going on? <clears throat> Excuse me, that didn't help. <clears throat> Sorry. The unknowns, we worry about the unknowns things that we can never figure out. Hmm. 
Scripture says this in Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. <coughs> there you go. Got a little better on that one. Um, I'll take a, a, a phrase that I've heard in the rooms of AA, and that is this. If you have a foot in the past and a foot in the future, you're messing up today. I cleaned it up for you guys, but you're messing up today. And we can't be worrying about what happened. We can't be worrying about what's gonna happen. We gotta deal with today. The E in powerless is escape. I want an escape from my life. I wanted that trance. See, I wasn't a five-minute, ten-minute user on my pornography issue. I would block off hours upon hours so I could use and I wanted that trance. I wanted to be numbed and I wanted the world to go away. Sometimes you know, you know what I'm talking about. You want to get that high and just let the world fade away. You want to smoke that dope so everything fades. And we keep it going. We keep it going so we can get in that trance. And we lose track of time. Time passes when you're having fun. Time passes also when you're an addict and you're using. If you go, hey, am I, am, I, am I an addict in this area? Well, maybe track your time and how much you're using with it, and that may be an indicator if you're struggling with it or not. I love the fact I'm struggling with coffee, and she brings me a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I just triggered people by popping the soda. I'm sorry. Oh, appreciate that. The R in powerless is this, is resentment. Resentment is our number one offender. What? Resentment will bring us back to using every single time if we don't deal with it. Well, how do you know if you, you resent somebody? Well, you know. And if you're still asking, do I know? Well, here's the deal. This is what my sponsor told me. If you were walking in the store and you walked down an aisle and you saw a person and you turned and you went the other direction, you may have a resentment against that person. <laughs> if you walk in the foyer of the church and you see somebody in the crowd and you turn and walk all the way around, you may have a resentment with that person. Strong words. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Direct warning from scripture. Don't let resentment set in your heart because it will ruin your soul. Loneliness is the L. Loneliness. Some of us are married and we sleep next to somebody and as we're sleeping next to them, we are the, most, we're the loneliest person in the whole world and we're one foot away from the person we said I do to and the person that we said that we would love forever and that we would cherish forever. And yet we're so isolated and so pulled back and the intimacy in our life is destroyed and that's how we fix it, through intimacy. Emotional intimacy with others. Being able to be vulnerable and alone and open with other people. We do that by going to open share group and showing, sharing our experience, strength, and hope. We, go, we do that by going to a step study and sharing our stuff. We do that by getting coffee with people. We do that by getting here early and having dinner with them. We do that by staying late and having dessert with them. We do that by calling them throughout the week. 
Well, I don't have a good relationship with my sponsor. Well, how often do you call him? Well, only when I need him. Well, it just tells me about what your relationship will be like. Do you call him every day? A couple times a day? Text him all throughout the day? I love it. Why? <laughs> Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware that we would create intimacy and love for others and care for other people. Emptiness. I know there's times that I just feel so stinking empty. That's one of my biggest fears with my food addiction. My biggest fear is being empty. What happens when the food is gone and my stomach is empty and it starts to grumble and I am freaked out when it starts to go, eat something. And I go, oh, I can't handle it. I lay down to sleep and I go, I need to go eat something because I have to feel full because I have to feel content where I'm at because I'm scared of what will happen if there's an emptiness in my belly. And sometimes we, nothing filled that emptiness inside of us and so we chose to use drugs, alcohol, sex, other people, gambling, food to fill that hole and that emptiness inside of us. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus will give you life if you let him. The first S is this, is selfishness, selfishness. I'm struggling with my words tonight, but selfishness. Some of us are just selfish. But we have to literally, we have to get our needs met and meet others. We have to help others. That's why it's so important that we show up on things to serve other people, whether it be Love Modesto that just happened this last week or going up to Christian Braves to serve there. And separation, separation, that there's things that we feel separated and isolated and alone from other people. The prodigal son who wanted to go do his own thing, well, guess what? When we wanna do our own thing and we give the bird to the world and we say we don't care, guess what? We're gonna be standing alone. And God says, just return to me and I will be here with open arms, very much like the prodigal son, and I will hug you and love you. Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That you would understand nothing can separate you from God. Guys, that is powerless. And I have realized I am powerless over my addiction and my compulsive behaviors. And I hope you have too. And I hope you do if you haven't. We're running late, so let's stand. I'll give you the, the focus question, and then we'll close with the serenity prayer. Can you put up the focus question? Maybe, maybe not. All right, so we're gonna go on to the, um, there it is, focus question. What are some of the worries that you still try to control and how are you powerless over them? So great question. Be thinking about that as you guys go to group. If you're online, uh, make sure you talk to those around you or engage with somebody with those things, your sponsor or someone like that. Serenity prayer. Let's close with this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change.
the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Head off to group. Group start at 740. First time guest right across the hallway. Second time guest right up front. Love you guys. See ya.